Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from The Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, second podcast in as many hours, so, you know, I'm warmed up for you, Mitch. Yeah, usually it's the other way around. Usually you're trying to get out of this one to go do another one. Yes, now I have you have my undivided attention for as long as you want it. Okay, maybe an hour, hour and five. We'll see. Let's go, let's go an hour, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, see how we it's, feel there. It's usually an hour. If it's a big week or not not a big week, it's usually an hour. But I think we got a good show. A lot of stuff going on. A highly ranked 2024 prospect has reclassified. Yep. There were a few significant flips, and we can talk about, I think this might, you know, we're near flipping season um, as signing day approaches. Flip we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk some Texas A&M, of course. I don't think we can do that a pod without talking Texas A&M. I want to ask you a question about roster construction. And we got mailbag and trivia as well. So, real quick, the kind of one of the, one of the big news items of the week was Desmond Ricks, a uh, 2024 cornerback, five star, and not just a five star, the number two cornerback in the country, has reclassified from. Actually, you know what? I I misspoke there, Ari. He's number 15 nationally. I guess I was getting confused with Cormani McLean. Still very good. Yeah, and still still very good player, obviously, and. Uh, he's reclassified to 2023. He's an IMG kid. He's not from Florida. He's originally from Virginia, so I guess that means he's going to Virginia Tech, right, with Print Pride? Yeah, no, I think it probably just means he's going to Bama. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> he just wants to get there sooner. Um, so that is something to watch. And then, well, the last big-time cornerback that reclassified went to North Carolina. Tony Grimes, and right? North Carolina is near Virginia. It is, it is. But North Carolina is not in it with Desmond Ricks. So yeah. uh, right now... He has some old crystal balls uh, to Florida State, but it looks like Alabama, Florida, LSU, Miami, uh, Oklahoma, and Texas A&M are all in the mix there. And you know, now that he's in uh, this class, he's still he's a four-star prospect technically in this year's class, but you know, he's a five-star corner, yeah, uh, talent. And whoever gets him is going to be in a pretty good position. So uh, certainly, it's it's like always funny. It's like I feel like there's an extra five-star in this cycle now. Because anytime he gets him any of the anal- analysis about it, it's going to be you know as if he were a five star prospect. So uh, I I don't know people are in or out on this whole trend or whatever. But reclassification. If you're really really good at it at football and you know it's very it depends clear. on your age too. I mean there's yeah there's... I don't know where he is on the cusp of you know how there's cutoffs for age right. limits and grades. I don't know where he is on that. But if you're a five star prospect in the class uh, that's coming next then it's very evident that you are one of the best football players in high school football. One of the top, I think you can make the case that a five-star prospect in the following class, not the current class, the following class is every bit as good as a top hundred player at in the previous class. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like if you hold their age against them or their development based on, on where they are physically as being a younger person, if they're a five-star prospect in 2024, and that probably still means they're a top 75 player in 2023. Right. Um, and 247 rates him as 33 overall. Um, and you get the, you get the clock started, you know. Uh, you might not play. If you go to a place like Alabama, he probably won't play. Um, but you get the NIL clock started. You get the NFL clock started. And you get your development started. So I think that this is going to continue to happen. And it will happen at a, at a more and more prevalent rate as nil starts to settle in i think but if you don't like it you got to get used to it because that's the way of the world now guys yeah and also well first of all there's uh, another announcement i don't know if you saw this miami one of its 24 commitments uh four-star cornerback um has reclassified to the 23 class so he is 
uh, not as highly related, not as highly rated. I forgot his name, forgot to jot it down. I could look it up easily. Um, he's reclassifying. And, and when you he's when reclassifying you, to Florida's 2022 class, 23 class, 23 class. Sorry, Miami's, yeah. not did I said Florida. Miami's. I think he said Florida, but okay. I, I botched it. Well, you know, I botched good. this whole thing because I looked down and I, I wrote the note, but I did not write his name. So that, that, uh, yeah. Um, I think one thing about the whole, and not that this is academically driven at all, but when you when you've determined it this quickly, you've got time to plan. You got time. Like sometimes we like the Quinn Ewers thing was just like a month before. It's like, oh, I'm going to college. Like this, and I'm sure he, there was some planning involved there. But when you decide almost a year in advance, or you know, a full semester, you can do some things to, you know, be sure you work with your high school to be sure you graduate yeah. and you get all your classes. And all that you know stuff. what the funny thing too is that I think there might be a trend, and I don't know if we're a year away from it or ten years away from it, but there there will be a trend eventually where high school seniors who are five-star prospects just sit out because they don't want to blow their knee out or something. Um, so to me, I think this is the more proactive way of sitting out of your high school season. Yeah. It's so, Antoine Jackson's his name, by the way. Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, this caught my eye. I just thought it was funny. So I follow a lot of Florida people on Twitter, Florida media and Billy Napier. I don't know the context was answered a question in a, just a weekly press conference. And he said, uh, I like the group we have committed. We need to finish. So far, so good. A lot of work to do. Do you know why this caught my eye? Because I, a Florida football coach midseason was willing to answer a question about recruiting. Yes, that's good. I don't like the answer much. Uh, but 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 the but the fact that he acknowledged that they're recruiting in season, yes. he's going to save uh, his job, right? Uh, I think that he's safe for at least another year. And yeah. I think the good news is, is that Florida season falling apart gives him a nice opportunity to really sink his teeth into this. And... You know, Florida's very much in the mix for some very good players. Um, let me, yeah, Cormani McLean. Okay, is then let me wh- jewel, while you're but... while you're looking up, let, let's get to the next Florida news and we can group it all together. Okay, uh, I, I would say maybe even bigger news because it's well, maybe not bigger news, but because it's a commitment bigger than Desmond and Ricks is the flip of Roderick Kearney, um, Florida State commitment, in-state offensive lineman who flipped from Florida State to Florida committed in June top 125 national prospect who if I remember correctly committed to Florida State on the while on the way home from an official visit to Florida now there are there's been rumors about this for I guess a few months but and I'm sure Florida State will continue to recruit Roderick Kearney but you got two schools in-state schools going head-to-head for an in-state offensive lineman and he flips so good news for Billy Napier oh yeah absolutely um because he's a Florida kid, he was committed to another Florida school, and then you get him, and he's a top one hundred and fifty player. That's uh, that's what dreams a position are made of. of need. I mean, yeah. Florida's Florida's class uh, ranks number eight nationally. Um, they've got three top one hundred players, um, six top one hundred and fifty players, and nine top two hundred players. So it is, you know, what would be the best year? Is the twenty twenty two class the best year to? compare to Mullen or should it be the 21 cycle? I don't remember. I just earlier in the cycle, Napier's average player rating was very similar to Mullen's, but I'm sure it's a little better right now though. Yeah. I'm looking at 2021 because last year Napier signed some players at the end of the year that were really good. 21 Florida finished 12 overall and only had two top one or three top 100 players and five top uh, 150 players. So, uh, you know, those are actually kind of similar numbers and I'm very curious to see if you can add like a guy like Cormani McLean onto the top of it. Um, and I'm writing a big board this week for the first time in a while, and there's no question who the number one player is, right? And maybe right. Desmond Ricks makes an appearance, but like Cormani McLean 
can change the entire vibe of what's happening at Florida. And I think in a positive way. So, and good news is, is that Billy Napier doesn't have an sec championship game. He's going to have to worry about coaching during that critical week at the end, but McLean's actually committing on Friday, right? Friday. So five, uh, 6 PM Eastern, I believe. Yeah. So recruits love to commit Friday nights. They love to commit on holidays. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll have a, a column ready written either way, but that to me is uh, definitely a, I mean, that might be the thing that gets this weekend recruiting to return. So yes, uh, very much looking forward to seeing where he ends up. Uh, Florida seems to be in a very good position with him. Uh, obviously he's, he's uh, considering some of the other usual suspects like, I don't know, Alabama and Miami. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes, uh, but definitely excited. This, I mean, honestly, we are, it doesn't feel like this because it's still kind of sunny and hot in Dallas most of the time. But, dude, we're like a month away from Thanksgiving and a month and a half away from the early signing period. Yep, no doubt. Um, it doesn't feel like we're that far into the year, but we are. Right, no doubt. Um, did you see what happened? This is not a big deal. It's just more like funny. What Mickey Joseph did, the interim coach at Nebraska? Well, just just tell us. Well, I was asking you if you saw it. It's uh, like a I, conversation. It's a podcast. Right? We're having a discussion. I did not see it. So interim head coach, they just got a uh, huge commit, Malachi Coleman, who, even though they've got an interim coaching staff, an in-state kid from in, from Lincoln, so in-city kid. Um, I did see the commitment. Top 100. Well, Mickey Joseph was asked about him by name at a news conference and responded to the question using his name. Now, he's never been a head coach, but he's been a main recruiter for years Everyone knows you can't do that. I mean, you cannot mention a kid's name. So it's just kind of funny. And I bet all the, I bet the, I would love to see the media relations people face at that press conference just when he said that. Yeah. I don't know how that's not a, that's not a very significant infraction. They'll self, they'll self report it. It It was not an accident. Uh, But the reporter who asked it too, come on, dude. Right. Right. So, but that was in, I mean, I, I, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably know coaches cannot mention a specific recruit by name. It was like huge news, like what Which five? It's kind years of a ago. dumb rule now that the well, NIL world exists. So. I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like five, it was a big deal five years ago. I remember when coaches could retweet. Yeah, that was a whole it, thing. We were writing yeah. stories about it, and yeah, yeah I no, think that, like Butch Jones was still at Tennessee, and like at midnight, he like retweeted like five hundred kids. Are, they, are you allowed to acknowledge the existence of the labor that's going to be determining whether or not you? Yeah continue to keep your job i don't know like it's yeah uh, i i think the rule's fine i have no problem with the rule now the rule's um, fine but it does seem like in the world where players are getting paid based on their profile that you would think they would lighten that up a little bit yeah but they're not well i whatever it's not worth it's not a big deal it just i thought it was funny um it was funny about mickey joseph there all right I got a question about roster construction for you. Okay. We'll get into, we get into some teams, we're, specific teams we're going to talk about. We've got Player of the Week. Oh, is this uh, from the mailbag? N- no, this is not from the mailbag, although I did I did grab a lot of mailbag questions, some that you answered in your written mailbag and some that you didn't. It, we'll see how many we have time for, how much we have time for. James Franklin said this. Tell me if you think this is a – I never really thought about it this way. Maybe you have since you covered the Big Ten for a while and you, you always talk about like the Penn State, how Penn State for the most part has – found a way to play Ohio state very well and struggles, maybe some other matchups. James Franklin was talking about roster construction. He was saying, talked about the challenges of building a roster 
that has the can have the athleticism to beat Ohio State, but the physicality to play and beat and dominate other Big Ten teams, a Wisconsin, what Illinois is doing, a Minnesota. Do you think that is like a valid he's not complaining, he's just talking. Is that is that valid or is that just excuse? Like you let's think of it. You got 85 scholarships, but you really only about fifty guys that you you, you feel good about playing. Just be, you got kids who aren't good enough, and you got freshmen who aren't ready to. So, so can you build a roster if you're Penn State? Like the, the challenges of Penn State doing that. Do, do you give credence to that at all? But I don't really know what that means, Mitch. Like it means that I'm only going to take as many five star prospects and in a single class, so I have room for the three star gritty guys that can mash you. Is that no, that I think he's just talking about like the 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 line of scrimmage versus the skill guys, like. You know, because I, I, Ohio State has so many good receivers, you need enough cornerbacks and safeties who can play well, versus defensive line. I, again, I'm asking you. So yeah, no, no, I'm that, having a discussion gonna, about it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I just think last year Ohio State's team was soft, and they lost to Michigan because of it, right? Yeah. But for the most part, Ohio State hasn't really had a hard time beating those gritty Big Ten West teams that he's talking because about. Because they are, they're, yeah. ta- I think the point is their talent is so far superior to everyone else's, where Penn State's overall talent level is a notch below. Yeah. I mean, if I were James Franklin, I would just focus on assembling a roster that is as talented as Ohio State's and are getting as close to that as you humanly, yeah, as humanly possible. And I, maybe they've done that. You know, it makes me feel like it's the same type of comment that you would hear. Uh, when somebody's like uh, five-star prospects are good, but they don't have the heart of the gritty three-star that you you need on your team. And it's like this disconnect that people think that because you're highly rated that you don't have the, the heart or the desire or the drive to be a very, very good football player when the most ironic part about that is is that they're probably five-star prospects for a combination of A, God-given ability, um, but also B drive determination and heart. So like when you ask a roster constructive question, like, so let's just say James Franklin wants to build a roster that's talented enough to beat Ohio state, but gritty enough to beat those gritty big 10 West teams. Right. What does that look like? What's the manifestation of that? What is, what is he saying? Like, what is it? What does that class look like? What is the ideal class for James Franklin under that comment? In your opinion? I don't, I, I interpret it differently. And you'll probably think I'm just like defending James Franklin. No, I, I, I just think, want to know I, how you'd interpret it. I don't think he means the lunch pail in-state three-star kid who just loves being at Penn State. I just think he means there's only X amount of active guy, like the spots you have of guys that are going to contribute on a Saturday that balancing the skill versus size, physicality, and matching up. It's like it's difficult in like college football. Yeah, and, I would just it, get the it, players that are big and really good. Yeah. Okay. Then then you beat Ohio State and not everyone. That's what you like that's State the standard that you're held to when you get paid hundred million guaranteed. In my opinion. So <laughs> I, like that, I, you know. I totally agree. Yeah, I, I I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. I just I'm interpreting what he said a little differently yeah. than you are. Yeah, I just I, I'm always on high alert for coach speak bullcrap about recruiting that translates to we're not recruiting very well. Yeah. I, I think and it's... Penn state's actually recruiting very well in the cycle. So maybe that's, that's the wrong thought initially, but you know, Penn state's had a lot of really talented players on their team. And as they play Ohio state this weekend, the spread is 16 points every year. I think that Ohio state's going to mash them. And then It'll Penn state plays game. a very close game. So you know, to me, I think Penn State, even before like before last year when Michigan finally broke through and beat Ohio State, Penn State always seemed to me to be the most 
uh, well-situated team in the Big Ten to challenge Ohio State for the Big Ten championship, or at least the Big Ten East. So they've always been very close. And I don't know if the toughness factor for their is the problem. I think the problem is, is that when you get into the third and fourth quarter, the fresh and immense depth that Ohio state has tends to play out the way you would expect it to. Um, but it's like, if you think about like guys like Jahan Dotson, Jahan Dotson could have played at Ohio state. Saquon Barkley could have played at Ohio state. Sure. Trace McSorley was a tremendous but Ohio State has three times as many of those guys. Yeah. You know? So, so like, I don't know if there's a Rubik's cube to solve here, other than get better players and more. Yeah. Of them, you know. I, so this this goes like a defensive coordinator once told me, like, sort of joking, but not really. Being a defensive coordinator in college football is the hardest jo- coaching job in sports because the amount, the the variety you see. You can play the option against an option one Saturday. The next week you're playing. Mike mm-hmm. Leach, the next week you're playing Wisconsin power football and you just have to adapt every yeah. week and you have to start start from scratch every week and it takes different personnel to match up with that every week. So I just think it's it's uh yeah it's, it's, and the there's a lot of construction that, that goes you have to have the versatility to have best to do that. at managing that are the teams that have the most players that are good. Right, yeah. right. Cause like if you are Alabama and you're playing an option team, you just your speed you're just overwhelmed them with talent. Yeah, and oftentimes, too, like if you're playing an option team, it means that they're deficient. You know what I mean? You don't go out and play option teams that have Alabama talent. You play option teams that are smaller and slower. Um, So that's their way of neutralizing the game. That's why they run it. Um, But this is the thing that I will say about talent, and I think is the most misconstrued thing about it. Everybody likes to look at the individual players that are ranked and go, hey, well, this guy exceeded his expectations. This guy was rated a five-star, and he will bust. And this guy, the whole reason why stars matter isn't because of individual players and how they are ranked. The reason why stars matter is because of the depth of them that you sign in your class, which means the more of them that you hit, the more you can endure from missing, and the more you have on your bench to help you in in, in situations, whether it be diverse opposing game plans, injuries, freshness, all the things that come into play about going undefeated in in a reg, in a regular season in college football, it's like there's anybody can add one or two or three five star prospects to the roster and be better because of that. But being elite is about having a wealth of them so that you're able to encounter and endure any type of blow or bad luck or scheduling situation you might encounter during the course of a year. Which is why a lot of times you'll see close games in the first half that turn into blowouts in the second half. It's because the other team has. Uh, a fresh second defensive lineman set of defensive linemen that haven't played at all that can come in and kick your ass and are fresh as hell. And your team is beaten down. It's depth. It's, it's resiliency. It's all those things. So, you know, James Franklin makes a lot of money and he knows more about football than I do. So, you know, that what he has to say about that sort of thing is obviously important, but I think that a lot of times too, with recruiting, we can overthink it a little bit. And really, it's just if you need a defensive end, go find the best, biggest badass of a defensive end that you can find and go get him. And don't let him go to Alabama. Don't let him go to Maryland. Don't let him go to anywhere else. Don't let him go to Ohio State. And a lot of times, Ohio State's kicking Penn State's ass with Pennsylvania players, you know? And it's like, to me, I think that that's more important than whatever that quote he said was. Truly noted. Do you agree? Uh, yeah, I just – it's easier said than done, and I think he knows that 
right You're now, right. Ohio State a, is a better program. They're recruiting better. And so I thought I think it was an honest answer that he probably believes that it wasn't just like a BS answer. And I just I'm Yeah, no, I'm sure it is. I he gets paid more than Ryan Day. Right. True. So um all right, here's how uh, we don't need to spend a ton of time because I'm sure, you know, uh, with Andy and other podcasts, talk, here, here's my te- here's how I'm going to frame my Texas A&M question. Yeah, well, somebody got mad at me on Twitter yesterday, and I, there is some repetitiveness with the shows um, about not just our show and theirs. I just mean like with all yeah. of our shows, we're we all talking yeah. about the same thing that people are upset that we're I'm, I'm people think I'm Texas A&M obsessed. We talk about Iowa too much, you know. These are the most compelling stories of the week. Right. And every, it's like, if you are tired of hearing about AM, here's a fun fact. Uh, our AM podcast from the weekend was one of the best performing podcasts we've ever done. So, and our the reason why we, has done very well lately. the reason why we talk about it is because it's inherently interesting. Yes. Like we could have a 45 minute show about how awesome Georgia is, but everybody knows it. And that's not interesting. We talk about the thing that's interesting. And you know what? A team loaded with five star prospects that's on fire right now. <laughs> It's probably the most interesting thing. So in the risk of being repetitive, Mitch, ask your wonderful question. I'll be happy to talk about it. Okay. It's the year 2026. Oh, boy. Ari has three kids, three girls, all under the age of four. Mm -hmm. He never works, never files a story because one of his kids are always sick and he always is like going to the doctor. That's pretty true. This could happen, right? I mean, I, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, <laughs> okay. I hope I would, if I never filed stories, I would get fired. Yeah. It's if the, I needed extensions on some of them because of unforeseen yes. things, it'd be great if I could do that without being mocked for it publicly. <laughs> would you allow, would you rather me give you the extensions and mock you or not give you the extensions? Well, here's the thing it's kind of one of those deals of like, I'm not doing it. So let's just, <laughs> just might you know, be nice what do you want it. me to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I, I've got to go to the doctor's office. Yeah. I, I have been there. I would always tell you, I have been You've there been many, there. many times over. So I am. Extremely, She's doing well, by the way. Yeah, extremely understanding. Um, saw yeah, saw the video on uh, on mm-hmm. your Instagram. She is about the cutest thing ever. Thank um, you. Okay, it's the year twenty twenty six. Over under. A and M wins. It's at eight. I, I'm setting it at eight point five. By under, the look in your face, I, I think it was a good question. I think under is the easy. Ooh, okay because by 2026 they could have had an awesome year in 25 and and kind of rebuilding it back up they play in a very tough division uh i i think that under would be the safe bet knowing what we know now if you would have asked me that four months ago i'd probably say over yeah but you kind of you threw in there that they could have a great year in 2025 you i mean my that? thought process is that if they sign the class that listen if half their class transfers from last year, I don't even think we should talk about them anymore until they do it again. The reason why we talk about AM so much is because they signed the best class on paper of all time. Modern, we, we need modern hit recruiting history. I mean, yeah, yeah, okay. There's no, there's no Alabama Vanderbilt class like, from 1963 that's no, I'm sure some Al- Alabama signed like 100 dudes in 1974, you know. It's the best class of all time. <laughs> uh, and, you know, if that class goes away, or they transfer. I'd say, you know, you you're right reading the rumors. You know, four of the freshmen I think from that class are already suspended, and all the stuff that's happening there. It's just like, you know, keeping them on your roster is more important than getting them. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can't keep them there, then getting them is irrelevant. You know, and everybody made the jokes about 
Ah, it's great. A&M class. Let me know when they're all in the transfer portal a year from now. And it's like, maybe they were right. I don't know. Like I thought that they were, the class they signed was impressive that they were armed with NIL money. Um, they put themselves in a position to be an attractive, cool school to the national, you know, crowd. It was not just a Texas and class. It wasn't just a Texas class. They Florida, did it everywhere. Philadelphia. And, you know, I thought they had a real chance to be very good in two or three years. What's happening on the field this year and off the field is a disaster. So if I knew that AM was going to be a disaster this year, I would have bet my entire life savings on the AM win total under. But, you know, we can only discuss and try to analyze the information that we have at hand, which is they stink right now. And it's the same way that if you would have told me in August that Bailey Zappi would be the starting quarterback for New England, I would have laughed at you. Like, that's what sports is. You, you Every week there's more context. You get more information. And, you know, our jobs are to try to analyze that information as it becomes available. So as the information has become available, I've obviously clued, uh, cooled on my position on A&M's future because it looks terrible right now. All right. Want to talk about last week it was Illinois. This week I picked another program just to kind of look at See what they're doing. Let's do it to it, Lars. So I picked Oklahoma State. And there's so this team is six and one. Mm -hmm. They're ranked in the top ten. You know, I Gundy every year, very quietly. Nobody talks about him. Has a great year. Almost every year. So when I started this research earlier in the week, they had eleven commitments. They had one blue chipper, athlete Jelani McDonald from Waco, Texas. I'm like, that's not very good. One blue chipper, and this team's top 10. Yesterday, Jelani McDonald decommits. So now... So you're the bad luck guy, is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Their class is ranked number 76. They have 10 commits, no blue chippers. Their highest recruit, highest-rated recruit is a guy we talked about a couple weeks ago with Mitch Sherman, Zane Flores, Flores. quarterback from Gretna, Nebraska, 451. And it's not like they have been not recruited well in recent years. I'm trying like there's certain programs that, that just keep overachieving and they don't recruit well. Like their last five classes are 29, 31, 40, 38, 34. That's obviously that's not yeah, great. I'm looking that's at good. The eight, that's I'm solid. looking at the 18 class with the one with Spencer Sanders in it. Yeah. He was, and it what, was, he was 34. Yeah. And Spencer Sanders was a high four star out of Denton. Uh but they didn't have a single player in the top 100 in that class. You know, and if you look at it, there are 24 enrollees and 13 of which came from Texas and six came from Oklahoma. So they're a homegrown diamond in the rough program that has done a very good job of finding those players that fit their system and their system doesn't change. Andy likes to say this on our other show all the time that what Mike Gundy does is that he he fits whoever he hires as assistants to the way that they do things and not vice versa. So whoever is the offensive coordinator there will learn the previous verbiage verbiage. So the players on the team are constantly, you know, they make it easier for them and they've done a tremendous job of constantly outperforming what their recruiting rankings would, would tell you, you know, and that to me is the perfect combination of what you should get out of your coach at a place like that. You make it easier for your, you have a plan, you execute that plan and you make it easier on your players when you're there. And we have a lot of discussions, I think about uh, Northwestern and, um, who are the other teams? Wisconsin and Wake and Forest. Teams, Wake Forest. Teams that have, I mean, I guess Kansas this year with what they've done. And shit, I mean, Dino Babers is seven and zero or was seven and zero and almost beat Clemson on the road last week to improve to eight and zero, which would have been insanity. Uh, who have gotten a lot out of their out of their programs, but Mike Gundy for whatever reason always seems to be 
a coach that just kind of isn't discussed very much. And if you go back and you look at Oklahoma, I mean, I looked this up because two weeks ago when I went to the TCU game, I thought I was going to write a column about this, right? about how underappreciated Mike Gundy is. And, you know, damn, they've been, they've been impressive. And, you know, the thing too, is like Wisconsin and maybe it's a byproduct of, of the conference they play in and who's in the East, but Wisconsin and Northwestern really never were going to win the big 10. Like there are time. I mean, they were one yard away from winning the big 12 last year with yeah, we've had a lot Oklahoma of discussions this since expansion, since Oklahoma and Texas, like, which programs are in best position to control? I don't think we've even 12? brought them up. Right. We've talked TCU. We've talked Baylor. Why aren't we saying Oklahoma State? Let's That's say it, question, Lars. Yeah, Let's I don't know. Uh, I, uh, is that from a movie? You've called me Lars twice. Do it to it, Lars. is from a movie, yeah. Which movie? Heavyweights. Have you ever seen it? No. You've never seen the movie Heavyweights? Uh-uh. It's about a bunch of kids who go to a fat camp. <laughs> And Ben Stiller is the crazed okay. camp counselor. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I never saw it. Okay, it's one of the funniest, most amazing movies in the history of our generation. I like. And I like Ben Stiller. The thing about it too. Have you seen Dodgeball? Yes. Where do you stand on Zoolander? By the way, that's good. It's not his just, best. It's good. Think, but it's good. Okay, because yeah. I was listening to something the other day, and if you if if someone doesn't find Zoolander funny, I don't think I could be friends with them. No, like, it's I definitely funny, love that but it's not better than the others. Okay, still, I freaking like, love Zoolander. Like, I think Along Came Polly is a masterpiece. So, That's great, too. Uh, you know how bad Zoolander 2 is, though? I never watched it, actually. Well, I was on a plane once, and it was the only thing. I started watching Zoolander 2, and it was so stupid that I, I just sat there and stared at the monitor rather than watching the movie. It was so bad, and I love Zoolander. But you've seen Dodgeball, I assume. Yes, you know his character in that movie, yeah. White Goodman? Yeah. That is his character in this other movie. Okay. And he's in charge of fat kids. And okay. it is the funniest movie. What's the name of it? Heavyweights? Heavy. How have you not heard of the movie? Like it's, I've heard of it. I just never saw you it. You asked so me again down. what the name was, so I thought that you I hadn't heard of it. I wanted to confirm so I could watch it. Will you watch it today? Um, I got a busy day, actually. I'll watch it before the next pod. Okay. Uh, and... I'll give you my review. Okay. It's it's a masterpiece. And hopefully you'll watch it enough like I, because I know it by heart, where we can. Okay. Yeah. So I know, I'll know when you call me Lars, I'll know what you're talking about. Ben Stiller. Yeah. In his cameo in Happy Gilmore, you know, when he's the orderly at the, at the nursing home. It's been a while since I've seen White it. White Goodman. Yeah. Now you will go to sleep or I will put you to sleep. You're in my world now, grandma. Remember, remember, remember now? Yeah. When he gets ain't like he's like the powerful, abusive nursing home director, uh, and White Goodman from Dodgeball and Heavyweights, uh, he's the same character in all three of them. Uh, his name's Tony Perkis in this other movie, and it okay. you'll just go into it with an open. It's it's a children's movie, but it's adult humor. It's kind of okay. like The Simpsons, where kids can watch The Simpsons and. They, it's a cool cartoon and they like it, but there's subtle, amazing humor in it that, that caters to the adults. Not, Simpsons is for adults, yeah. No, I know, but I used to watch it when I was five and love it because it was a cartoon. Yeah. Heavyweights is, is a children's okay. movie for adults. Okay, one more show and then we'll move on. Do you, ever, do you watch BoJack Horseman? No, but I've, I've been told to watch it's it. Hilarious. It's hilarious. I watched the first three seasons and I stopped watching for some reason. It is hysterical. But I think we both can agree that Family Guy is the greatest sitcom ever made, right? It's it's pretty damn funny. Yeah, it's great. 
You watch the episodes, right? Yeah. I mean, I've got like 20 saved on my DVR because for some reason, I love The Simpsons. I love that. T- I just never watched it. And then you told me basically how dumb I was for not watching it. So I've started to watch it. Then I just yeah. send Mitch all the inappropriate clips that I would get fired for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That are hilarious. All right. You ready to talk it. about uh, our player yeah. of the week? Yeah. Who's our player okay, of the week? I think week? we're done with Oklahoma State. We're done. Next week, and we're going to have right? to come into it guessing it. Yeah. Because it's kind of like trivia. Um, Who was awesome the, the past weekend? Who is it? All right. This, so, so this guy didn't have necessarily a great week this week. It's sort of like a, uh, you know, there's something called a career achievement award. This is like a season achievement award. Okay. Michael Pratt, quarterback okay. at Tulane. Number yeah. 1365 in the class of 2020 from Deerfield Beach, Florida. It's final Tulane's three awesome Tulane. this year, by the way. Yeah. It's Tulane, Bowling Green. In Florida Atlantic, in an alternate universe, I would be a I, I, Tulane was I if I if I told you I committed to Tulane like that was my first school I decommitted they still have my housing deposit. How much so, was the housing deposit? I, it's like probably two hundred. This is like thirty years, probably like two hundred dollars. If you would have put two hundred dollars down into the stock market thirty years ago instead of wasting it on that and then let it appreciate it my, over the course of the last thirty years, it might be worth like twenty grand right now. It was my good, dad's good, money. You, good job, know. dude. Uh, my dad's money. I de- I was a big decommit before that was before internet websites. Was, you were a big, big decommit. decommit. Yeah, I well, flipped. your life. I would have I really flight. liked to know you, uh, as Mitch Light, the Tulane grad. You'd be sitting there with a wave hat on right now. Great uniform. I, well, I wouldn't be in Nashville. There's no way I'd be in Nashville. So I grew yeah, but it's, I've got it a, is I've interesting. Got a like, baseball hat downstairs. I don't know off the top of my head, but Pratt is a 2020 prospect, which means he's he's got eligibility left. If you've watched Tulane play football this year, like have you watched him on TV? Couple this times. is a this is a power five starter. So it, I don't yeah. know what like what his career is going to end up doing or what it is, but it would not surprise me if he transferred and was a power five starter at somewhere in a year from now. Um don't do that he's to that really good. Fits. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, I'm just saying he's a power five talent is, in my opinion. Better. Yeah. Um yeah. Now, I mean, if you look at his I mean, offer, started list, in I think, Oklahoma. I think quarterbacks in general, I think, are probably the most missed on because it's the least physical position, right? Is that fair? It's the hardest, most important position, but it's also the least physical. Yeah. And there's, there's so many where you can be great at the position without having certain physical traits that you need to be yeah, a great there's nose so tackle. many things that you, you can't measure. At a camp, like you can go to the you, you go to the Elite Eleven every year, and you can say, "Wow, that guy just zip, he just looks like a man." You can't measure as well. How does this guy process a defense? How does he go through his progressions? How smart is it? You can talk to his high school coach and all that stuff, but you're gonna, you know, and certain guys are just really, really smart, and some guys can't handle it, and you just you really don't know. And that that's I mean, that's I don't know if I've ever told this why. this story on the show, Mitch, um, but I'm gonna tell you a story from when I was at uh, the elite 11 this year and tell, stop me if I've done it, but okay, you go to the elite 11 and you watch all these guys throw and also participating in it. The camp as counselors with CJ Stroud and Caleb Williams and Bryce young. Yeah. I think you have, and, but you can't listen. No, to I'm not done yet. Listen to every episode. Okay. But it, but it's incredible how much better those players are than, than the seniors in high school that are there throwing. But you go there and you're trying to analyze these guys and you, you know, who has a great zip, who's really on it, who's competitive. But I looked over to the right on the last day and JJ Cole. Is this before or after you got hit by a ball? It was after. 
JJ okay. Cole, the four-star quarterback, um, who's now a top 100 player nationally, uh, from yes. uh, Ankeny, Ohio. Can read about uh, every Iowa. week in Grace Rayner's uh, update. Yes, uh, she updates Iowa State Cyclones commit sat yep. on the bench um, and was sitting next to Devin Leary, and they were sitting there on NC the bench probably for 45. Yeah, Devin Leary, who's unfortunately injured now, but sitting next to the quarterback and. They were talking for at least 45 minutes. No joke. And I got a few, I was like walking back and forth and not intentionally eavesdropping, but I heard like, so what's the most important thing about leading a locker room was Cole asking Devin Leary. Oh, wow. Or what, what is, what is the number one challenge that I can prepare myself for before I get picking Devin Leary's brain about being a power five quarterback and what he like, that's the shit right there, dude. Like, that, to me, you'll never see that on a highlight reel. And he never – yeah, I I should have written a story about it. And I actually have the reporting for it, I think. But then uh, UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten, and you remember how I just spent my last day. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. So, like, it kind of messed up my flow a little bit. But I just wanted to make a note that there's a lot of certain traits in a quarterback that – or admirable, and he didn't know anybody was looking or watching or listening. Um, and it makes and, me and think, you know what, that kid's probably going to be than, really, really good. And he probably talked to more than more kids yeah. than Devin Larry. Yeah, Using just, the resources and having the drive to know that you don't know everything in the world right now, despite the fact that you're very good, and trying to learn everything that you possibly can from people who have achieved what you would like to achieve. It's something that I've tried to do in my life. Um, I've tried to have as many mentors as I possibly can, and take criticism well uh you know i guess you could have a different opinion about that or not but do my best to improve in areas that i'm deficient in and you know those are the traits that i think show up more for quarterbacks than they do at other positions because it's such a mental leadership driven position so that's you know that's that kid's story. really good and i thought that it was just worth sharing on the podcast yeah thanks for sharing i it was not yeah. the story i thought you were going to go with so i appreciate that um all right so Ari's already shopping Michael Pratt from Tulane. So sorry. Look at my uh, color of my hoodie right now. Yeah. Nice, nice. Tulane has got great color. Everyone knows great colors. Great. Best great uniform math. in college football. I'll go. Yeah. I got to, uh, that's my favorite. Well, I like Tulane. Any, almost all of Tulane. I like, I like simplicity. I like all whites. I like most teams all like I like Penn State. You think Penn State's uniforms are the best in college football? I like Penn State's all. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm just kind of thinking out loud here. Uh, UCLA's blue, UCLA's baby blues are probably my favorite. That's a good answer. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like. Yeah, I just think I think white and white's just really sharp too. So, uh, which what's your favorite? Uh, I really like USC's. You know, that's why the USC UCLA game is always fantastic. Yeah, every rivalry game in college football should both be played with both teams, or should be played with both teams wearing their home uniforms. I I can sign off on that. I like that. Um, I don't like like how Michigan is all like. I like just their blue shirts and their gold pants. I don't like their how they've worn the black the blue pants this year, and they're I think they've gone away from their tradition. So I don't like that. Mm. You have thoughts? I think that Michigan's uniforms were terrible for so many years because they were Adidas, and now that they're Jordan, they're sharp again. Okay. 
Have you watched uh, Adidas sponsored teams? Their jerseys like are like it looks like they're iron. They don't even fit. It looks like we made them. Like yeah, like why? Just like Nikes are so sharp and crisp and fillet nicely, and it's like then you look at an Adidas jersey and it looks like somebody plastered it onto their shirt. (laughs) It's like what? What are we doing here? Like just make a jersey. Did did you see Washington's uniforms at Cal? On I thought you were going to ask me about Kanye. Since we were talking about ideas, no, but. no, I'm not going to. Did you see Washington's <laughs> uniforms late Saturday night at Cal? They're like I, don't, white I didn't. On white no, I don't. Gold. Think. Just didn't look like. I'm very un-Washington. Like they're. I mean, I'm sure they've worn it before. White on white and kind of like the the real shiny helmets. So were you um, into it? Ah, uh, they were okay. I like. They were okay. All right, we've got some commitments to talk about. We normally don't have commitments to talk about, or we haven't in the past few few months. Um, we already talked about Florida flipping Roderick Kearney, uh, Oregon. Got a four-star interior offensive lineman from Hawaii, Ayapani Leao, Leao, I guess, and a 2024. And he's a, like I said, four-star number 309. They got a 2024 four-star tight end as well. Um, Georgia got a four-star cornerback, Chris Peel from Charlotte. Uh, seems like Georgia does well in Charlotte. Not that I don't know. They always seem like they've got one or two really good players from Charlotte. Um, Nebraska I mentioned they got Malachi Coleman, the four-star athlete from Lincoln. If you want to know about him, just ask their head coach. He'll tell you all about him. Tell you all about him on the record. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ole Miss, Marvin Burks. This is uh, nice. They go into St. Louis, four-star safety, uh, number three ten. Houston, Jonah Wilson, four-star wide receiver from Houston, two forty-eight. Might have been a Texas commit, I think maybe. Um, Illinois. We talked to Illinois last week, and this is funny because – not funny, but they continue to have a great season, and it's usually about a year and a half over the next cycle before your recruiting picks up. So they got three commitments this week. 962, a safety, Sabor Karium from New Jersey, an unranked edge, Alex Bray from Missouri, and an unranked interior offensive line junior college transfer. So they're just going about – they're just evaluating, doing their thing. Be interesting to see how Illinois builds if they're recruiting uptick in the next. I few got years. somebody got mad at me about saying that Illinois had MAC level talent, and I don't know if I said it on this show last week or on Andy's show, but I like went to Illinois' class right now, and they only have they've got eighteen commitments, but only five of them are in the top one thousand, and only one of them is in the top eight fifty. And then I clicked on a random person who's committed and their other offers are Akron ball state army, central Michigan, Eastern Michigan, Kent state, Miami, Ohio, and Toledo, Western Michigan and Wyoming. And it's like, I don't think that like, I mean, I've been covering recruiting for a long time and they've got some guys in the portal and I'm not saying they're not a good football team, but like their general baseline for recruiting has been to take the best players recruited by the Mac. Is that wrong? No, like the team's good. Who cares what we think their talent? Like the the team is. Yeah, I know. Some and guy in my on Twitter is like relentlessly tweeting me at, about it. It's like Jesus. I mean, I would say that's a, that's better than a Mac roster, but it's. No, I'm saying the top yeah. end players being recruited yeah. by Mac teams is is what I meant. So yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, okay. And I'm I'm very curious to see if it improves, but you know, it's not like they're running around with six first round draft picks on their roster this year. Yeah. Um, Tennessee got a local 2024. Cornerback commit Caleb Beasley from Lipscomb High School in Nashville, Ohio State. Ian Moore, a top 100 interior. Well, in, he's listed on Rivals as an offensive tackle, and 247 has him interior offensive lineman, I believe. 
Ian Moore from New Palestine, Indiana, which is important if you follow Ohio State because it's a program that need that needs to recruit the tackle position better. Correct? I mean, they've of all of their positions out there. I mean, he's six foot five, two hundred ninety five pounds, so I think he should be a tackle. Yeah, Cam Cameron uh, Teague, our, our Ohio State writer, has this kind of story running Thursday about offensive line recruiting and talk to him, and I think there's. They're still trying to figure out. I think he thinks he's being recruited as an offensive tackle. We'll see where he ends up. But that that is a pretty big, pretty good size. That's a twenty-four commit, though. Did you? Yeah, twenty-four that? commit. Yeah, so yeah. he's got time to grow into the position. But that's you know that's one reason they made. That's pretty much the primary reason they made a coaching change on the offensive line is because they that's, need to. Looks a lot like a guy that should be going to Notre Dame. Yeah, too. By the um, way, and then Washington earlier today got a. 2024 quarterback commit EJ Kamenong from Garfield High in Seattle. So local kid, 2024, no composite ranking yet. Number 33 QB by 24/7. Offers from Colorado, Oregon State, Washington State. So clearly a kid that they've evaluated locally. Very good offensive staff there with Ryan Grubb, offensive coordinator, Kalen DeBoer, the head coach that they they obviously like. Um, talked about the flips. Roderick Kearney, Florida State to Florida. LSU flipped Baylor commit Christian Braithwaite wait today, four-star linebacker from Cypress, Texas. Um, and then I got a flip watch for you, Ari. Yeah. Oklahoma has a commitment named Anthony Evans, who's taking an official visit to Georgia on November 4th. Got to get on that. Yeah. Oklahoma. Official visit. So, cool. He's an Oklahoma commitment. Yeah. Officially visiting Georgia. Yeah. Cool. Well, then he's not committed anymore. <laughs> right? No comment. Okay. All right. Um, ready for some mailbag questions? Sure. All right. Let's see. I thought you made – I thought you said this succinctly in your written mailbag today for those – I mean, that came out Tuesday. For those people that did not read it, this is from Vincent V., why don't big-time recruits consider these programs that are great developing players? If I were a five-star, I'd go somewhere like Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, Utah, a program that turns two or three stars into pros. If they turn low stars into pros, what would they do with top 100 guys? And you, your, your answer was maybe a couple hundred words, but there's two, like two sentences there that succinctly answer the question. Go ahead. If you were a five-star prospect, you would not go to those schools. <laughs> That's a lie. It's wrong. <laughs> Vincent's honest. Vincent, you're lying. Unless Vincent is a huge Purdue, or I mean, uh, Iowa fan. And like the only time a five star prospect goes to those schools, Caden Proctor. They, yeah, if they're from there or they grew up loving that team. Alabama recruits well. Alabama also develops well. Develops well. They also evaluate well. Yes. Does anybody think Kirk Ferentz is a better talent evaluator than out than Nick Saban? Does anybody on the face of the earth think that? Brian Ferentz, maybe. Well, yeah. Listen to the Andy Staple show. About yeah. Brian so Ferentz, just the, the, the point being that the, the powers they do it all. They bring the, the problem. The problem they, with the powers is that they're powers because they do everything better than everybody else. And the reason, the thing that's happened is, is that they get so many recruits so freely and openly all the time that there's this thought process that these recruits um, or that these programs only are good because of the players and the players are going to go to the pros no matter what. And, you know, there is some truth to that. I think if a five-star prospect is very, very good and they go to any Power 5 school, they'll probably get noticed and picked. 
But Alabama and Georgia do it so frequently. Ohio State, they do it so frequently that if you're a five-star prospect, the shortest amount of time or the shortest distance between you and the NFL is going to a place that does it all the time. Also, Alabama's got better facilities. They've got better resources. People care about football there more. The NIL deals are higher. Like Everything about those places is better. It's not just developing. It's everything, which is why they're the best. So if you're a five-star prospect and you want to go somewhere that's not the best, and that's a personal preference. It's not the norm. Um, and also, I think I, I mentioned in the mailbag, didn't Georgia have – I think I laid this out, but Georgia yeah, had Jordan five. Davis, three-star. You know, they, they also – Georgia had five first-round picks last year, five or six. Yeah. And I think three of them were three-stars. So it's not like they're not developing their players. Like when I was right. at Ohio State, they, or covering Ohio State, they had a bunch of five-star prospects like the Joey Bosa of the world get drafted. But like Darren Lee was a three-star quarterback in high school. was a top 15 pick as an outside linebacker. Like you act like these schools don't do that. <laughs> like they do. They right. do it at a more frequent rate than Iowa does. What Iowa does and those schools that you mentioned in your question do is they have a system and they build away their system in a way that lets them be competitive consistently. And that's a very good thing. You know, Kirk Ferentz before this year and last year or whenever he hired his son deserves to, to run the offense, deserves a, a ton of credit for what he's accomplished there. Doesn't mean that he's the best destination for a five-star prospect. That's asinine. The only thing I'll add is that the majority of five-star prospects who – go to the powers or whatever school ended up getting drafted would be drafted if they went to pretty much. Yeah, but maybe not high. They don't need to be developed. No, I push back. I think a lot of kids don't necessarily, they'll get developed everywhere. I mean, if you go back and look, I think I I wrote a story about this like six years ago, but Alabama's conversion rate with five-star prospects is much higher than Ohio state and Georgia's was. Yeah. Yeah. So like there is something happening at Alabama that helps them develop their five-star prospects at a, at a greater clip. Is, is there, there a Bama, is there a Bama there. bump in the NFL? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Like there, there is a, and there is, there's an Ohio state bump too. You don't think that general managers want to yeah. want to draft somebody who was in that system more than if they played at South Dakota state. Like there is something to be said about playing in an environment that's as close to an NFL outfit as you can possibly get to. Too. True. Uh, no, to act I'll, like, I'll act definitely like, agree with that. I mean, to act like you, you would go to another place that you don't have a personal connection to because you think that they're that's it's nonsense. Yeah. I just, Bryce Young would also be a fantastic quarterback at UCLA. I know, but if Bryce Young was, you don't think so? I think that there's absolutely a chance. Look how many first round picks come in the NFL from non-power conference. Sure. Sure. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a first round draft pick. I'm saying the point, the path of resistance at Alabama is much less. You play with a lot of really good players. You play in an offensive system that suits your needs. You win games in the big-time atmosphere, and you win the Heisman as a result. If he went to UCLA, they might be 7-5 and five his second year. He doesn't win the Heisman, and he's like the fun quarterback that we're watching from afar because he's not at like, Alabama. Like DTR? Yeah, like DTR. What if DTR played at Bama, dude? Okay, I'd say, is there an argument, a line of thinking that says going to UCLA is – you ha- you are forced to do more. Your receivers aren't as open at Alabama. You don't have that dominant running game to complement. Your life is more difficult as a quarterback. So know, you grow more as is, a quarterback. When your life is more difficult, you also tend to have worse tape. 
Okay, but I, I would also say that you, you have to do more. You have to read defenses better. And I'm not saying an Alabama yeah. quarterback doesn't. It's like, was Mac Jones awesome in Alabama because he's an awesome quarterback? Or was I mean, it because he played DTR on a great team? as an example. It's a very good – he was a top 100 player. So, Right, yeah. Is he a first-round pick? I think you got guys like DTR. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I haven't looked at the draft boards yet. Uh, he actually might be a, a pretty high draft pick now because he's had he's a really good year. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, in my opinion, there are certain players – like Joey Bosa would have been a first round pick if he chose Tulane. Like there are certain players out there that are, they are born into it and have it, you know? Yeah. But there is a, a fine tune of development. And also too, like even if Iowa and Alabama were the same, let's just say they're even, even at how well they develop. Why would you choose the resources at Iowa over the resources at Alabama anyway? Well, like, I think the resources at any big power five school are good enough. I think when you go, when you go from the resources from an Iowa to an Akron, that, that, that gap me, is much, much, much let larger. Me, uh, than let me change to... my phrasing. Okay. Remove the word resources. Okay. Why would you choose all that Iowa has to offer over all that Alabama has to offer? Even if also, the development was the same. I think any power five school you think that the football experience at iowa is the same as alabama it's not the same it's still a good experience though aside from the fact that they don't score touchdowns aside from the fact that they don't compete for national titles and play in the sec championship yeah but okay you were talking about the jewelry store yeah most of this conversation has been about the development aspect no i know but i'm saying even if they were the same you can do a lot worse than going to iowa's of the world i'm not saying it's a bad place to go we're comparing them to alabama why do you hate iowa so much ari Change it, Wisconsin. Do you think that your football experience would be more enriched at Wisconsin or at Alabama? Let's say that their development is the exact same. You're going to be the fifth overall pick in the NFL draft, and no matter what, you get to live in Madison or you get to be a part of Alabama's roster. Maybe Wisconsin's more your uh, your thing. Nolan Rucci went there last year. There are people that do that. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you wouldn't pick Wisconsin for its developmental prowess over Alabama. It's nonsense. Right. right. There's more to the discussion than developmental. That's why I was talking about the experience. One thing you say, like the re- – because you, you threw – I'm not trying to throw it back yeah. in your face, but you said the term resources where I think all of these schools have incredible resources now, whereas 20 years ago Yeah, they but I would bet my life sight unseen that Alabama has more. Sure, but they're, at some point you don't need any more resources. They're good enough. I know, but if you're getting – if all things are equal, why wouldn't you just pick the best thing? If you went to a store and there were, you went to a, a, a department store – and they had a dress shirt on one counter and a dress shirt on the other. And they were the same price, but you knew one dress shirt was better made or was more comfortable. Like, yeah, you don't need that stuff, but you're still going to want the better dress shirt. It's the same price. I don't wear dress shirts. I know. Okay. All right. Okay, so, yeah, well, you, it's a perfect example. Like you <laughs> and I have, we have a different thought process on cars. Yeah. So um, let me ask you this. You have a you had a Hyundai, right? I still do. It got fixed. New motor. Yeah. What's new, a Hyundai new what? Tucson. That's I, I okay, bought so it for the Hyundai you Tucson because is, you went to school there. The Hyundai a, Tucson is all you need. Point A yeah. to point B, safe, yeah. transport your kids, has air conditioning, windows yes. and power seats. Yeah. It has everything you need. Right. Now they have a Mercedes GLE on the lot for the same price. I'm gonna buy the Mercedes. I'm not an idiot. That's the same freaking <laughs> thing. No, it's not. You don't think that Alabama is the Mercedes and Wisconsin is the Hyundai? I'm just saying there's different reasons to go to school. There's no argument. There's no argument that the Hyundai Tucson is a better car 
than Alabama. There's and arguments. There's, no that, argument there's, that there's arguments that Iowa or Alabama Wisconsin could be a better fit. I don't want to. You know, Wisconsin's a great school academically. Maybe that's talking where you want to five star prospects here. <laughs> that's what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> we're not you, talking why, about. Why are you speaking in a voice like this? I just because you're like. You know, yeah, maybe for your son or my daughter, when they want to pick their education, there are certain. But if you're a five-star mauler, true, you all have the same. You go criteria. to Wisconsin, like yeah. By offense, yeah, Evan line. Neal should have gone to Wisconsin. You're right. Okay, what's the next question? You know, where, you know where Evan Neal. You think would be Evan right Neal would have had a NFL. pretty good experience in Alabama? He'd be in the NFL right now if he went to Wisconsin. Yeah, you know I know. Right now, he's and in the his NFL. life would have been worse because they wouldn't have wouldn't won have a national been. title. Have you ever won a national title? Is no, your life bad? My life is worse than anybody who has won a national title. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, there are some There's people a... that have had some bad breaks after winning. Right. Hours right. But okay, so you, you um we don't need to spend much time answering this question, but you had some interesting facts data in this. Basically, um Eric V talked about the 247 team composite, ta- team talent composite, and I just want to read the the facts that you have. We don't really need to answer his question. But the least talented team, that's quotes like because they're all talented, but the least talented team to make the college football playoff has been Cincinnati, number 59. The least talented team to win a playoff game was 2015 Clemson at number and that's 13. that's actually, you have to put the distinction in there that the composite rankings didn't exist in 14. Right, okay. If they you did, would, Oregon probably would have been the least talented. You just you said that in the mailbag that they weren't. That's you, made, you put in there, note, the, t- the team talent composite wasn't around in 2014, but it doesn't matter because Oregon was more talented than any of these other teams. They were more talented than Cincinnati, so it didn't matter. The question no, was... No, I'm saying win a playoff game. Oregon won a playoff game. Gotcha. Okay. Cincinnati, I said that they were more talented than Cincinnati. They weren't 59th. Okay. But the, the least talented team that won a playoff game was number 13 Clemson with the data that we have. But I'm assuming that based on the way Chip Kelly had his roster constructed in 2014, that, that it might have been worse than 13. That's yes. all I'm saying. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry about that. You're so well, least, yeah, say you're sorry louder for everyone to hear it again. I'm sorry, Ari. Thank you. Sorry, Ari. That- oh, wow. Welcome to my childhood. <laughs> the least talented team to win the national title was Clemson in 2016 at number nine. Um I'm so fired up about this. If you want to, you want to go another ten on this. Why? Just in general, because people think the expanded playoff is going to change the way that the the stuff met. There, there are people. Yeah, you got pretty bold comment. in this question. You said never, ever, 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 will. ever, 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 ever. You will. can't say that. You don't know unless seventy-five of the top one hundred players um, are more, or the top one hundred players are more spread out, and the game changes. Okay, can I that's give you the only way. Based on can the I... way that it is right now, it cannot happen. It will not happen ever. Can I give you a hypothetical? Sure. Tennessee this year goes up to Pitt. Did that game go into overtime? I think it did, but it was very close. Right? Right? You, you this with year? Me? Yeah, I think it was overtime, but it was, was very it? close game. Yeah, what? It was a one-score game. Pitt easily could have won that game. Quarterback card in the second. Let's say Pitt wins that game. Tennessee's not any different of a team. They get on a freaking roll. They beat Alabama. They go down to Georgia. Like, none of us would be surprised if they go down to Georgia now and win. And they get to the college football playoff semifinal, and they play Georgia in the first round. You're saying they could not win that game? I'm telling you, with the team that they have right now, they will not win the national title this year. No, but could they win a semifinal game? Oh, there'll be a million. Oh, no, I don't know. Maybe. Well, they just beat Alabama, and they, they beat Georgia in this hypothetical. I said in the column... 
that if Tennessee won the semifinal game, didn't I? That that would be the biggest upset of the rankings ever. Yeah. So could they fear they've just beat Alabama. So absolutely. Uh, but it's a neutral site game. It's indoors and all the things that, you know, come to play in those stadiums with the athletes and stuff. It's just, and I never said that they could never win. Did I say in the column that they could never win a semifinal game? I think so. I'd have to go back and look. So like my idea too, is just like Tennessee is still a top 20 team in the composite rankings, right? The vast that's majority the type of team is going to make the playoff. I think there's going to be a ton of teams in like the thirties and forties that make the playoff. I mean, go but look at the talent composite teams rankings in the, the top 12 last year. There's going to be a lot of teams in the 15s too, in the teens. Yeah. And those teams are incapable of winning four games in a row against similarly talented teams. Okay, Especially when the last two are a slightly different argument. You're because t- you, because you, you've made the point that they're not going to win a game. They're not going to, once they get to the semifinal, it's going to be the they're same are, team. They already will have to have won two games in a row against really good football teams in order to get to the semifinal. Okay. And then they'll be 17 point underdogs when they get there. Okay. I just don't think I you mean, can like, be I, so certain. No, like, here's the thing, Mitch. Like, don't get bogged down on like that one thing. Could it happen that some team wins the semifinal and is a Cinderella in college football? Absolutely. If you want to, you just said it's year, never going to happen. Could ever. it happen? Could it happen? It wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the entire. But don't say world. never ever in your story. They will never ever ever <laughs> win the national title. Okay. Ever. Duly noted. Um, How many times could last year's Michigan team could you simulate a twelve-team playoff and then win a national title? You think? Especially because they're going to have to play Ohio State again and on the way to the semifinals. Okay. We'll see. I hope we both live for like. I think there's going to be a lot of mediocre teams that win a playoff game. Right. First round. Yeah. Okay. Um, One more quick question than than trivia. Larry T. Cincinnati is going to the Big 12 next July. Fickle has been a good recruiter, but have you seen a seismic shift in the talent the team is now attracting? I'd say no. They're recruiting well. I'm sure they're using the The Big 12. Seismic, you're too literal. Yeah. Right, they're, they're, they'll be they're, so literal. They'll they'll be better. They've been they've been much better in this recruiting round, haven't they? Yeah, they, I would they recruited well before the move the announcement to the Big Twelve. They yeah, were. I think that I think they're recruiting better, be, not because of the Big Twelve. I think it's because of the because they're good profile of the programs changing. Yeah, yeah. So Which is everybody make- wants to find the easy way out on how to recruit better. It's like, oh, can I make the playoff one year and recruit Get better? better. That's not the way it works. It's about raising the profile of your program by slowly building, using building blocks to elevate yourself. You know what? They're not on my tr- my chart here because they're not in a power five. I got to get, I got to put them What are you looking my, for? And I can look it up real just quick. Their, I mean, they're just their last five classes, but we Okay, let's look it up. Uh, Cincinnati. All right. They're 25th this year. They're like, four, I think they're in the low 40s the last two years. And yeah, I mean, this will be the f- highest ranked group of five class of all time. So I guess you can call it a Big Twelve class now, but and they just had a decommitment too, didn't they? Have, have a pretty yes, big decommitment. The, the kid from Chicago, LZ, maybe the wide receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So their highest rated player decommitted, and they're still in the top twenty-five. Last year was forty-eight. Twenty twenty-one was fifty-one. Twenty twenty was 40, 41. So right. yeah, I mean, I think that any group of five school who's recruiting a top 25 class has done a remarkable job. 
I don't think it's because they're in the Big 12 now. I think it's because Luke Fickle has worked his ass off. They made the playoff from the group of five, and people are viewing Cincinnati as a Power Five-like program. Trivia? Sure. All right. There were... No reason to yell. I'm just... There were 12 top 100 quarterbacks. There were 12 quarterbacks ranked in the top 100 nationally. In this year's class? class? In the class of 2021. How many? So they're basically in their second year of college. How many have started at least one game? So this is two years ago? Yeah. We run through the numbers again one more time. I'm sorry. I just want to focus. Okay. There were 12 class of 2021 quarterbacks ranked in the top 100 nationally. How many of those 12 have started at least one game for their college? For some have transferred, but for their college. 12, nine, seven. I mean, I'm going to go off memory here. Okay. Quinn Ewers, does that count? Is he 21? Yes. yes so yes. yes, right? Yes. Number two that year was Caleb Williams. He started. Yes, for two Number schools. three, <laughs> Sam Sam Heward. Yes. He started a game, right? One game, Apple Cup. Yeah. Okay. Brock Vandegrift was four, and he has just, not started. This is good Look, memory. Well, I know quarter, five-star quarterbacks are yeah. my thing. <laughs> yeah. I believe number five was Kyle McCord, um, who went to Ohio State, right? No, he was did – I, did I miss on Kyle McCord? Kyle McCord was in the 21 class, and was he that, was a five-star sure? prospect. So, yeah. Did you do bad research? hope not. I did bad typing, maybe. Okay, well, go look it up real quick. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this I is bet uh, my life on it that he was in the twenty-one. Yeah, place, so. yeah, I, I might. Did I say I might have to say I'm sorry, Ari, again? Yeah, Quinn, you're busting you in your own tri- on your own trivia. Yeah, I just number five is Kyle McCord. So maybe there's thirteen. Did I just did I? Maybe I just got. Hopefully, I just got one wrong. Yeah, I just did not type in Kyle McCord. Okay, so there's thirteen. Was he so five? Uh, no, there's no, he was six. Oh, okay. Then JJ McCarthy was five. Yes. He was the only other five-star prospect that yes. year. Okay. And JJ McCarthy's obviously started. Yes. Uh, I know Drake may was in there somewhere. Yes. He's, but he's not the next guy. There's two guys in a row that have not started. Jake One might start in there. Yes, he he has not started. He might start this week. That doesn't count. I mean, it, I know. Yeah. He's, I did not count him. I'm just saying. He does. Uh, Ty Thompson. Yes, good call. Has not started. Not started yet. Okay, and then I've got how many more? Three more. Four. Four more. Two have started. Two. Oh, have. Jackson Dart, my guy. That was uh, yeah. We, Jackson Dart's in there. No, it's our guy. We our guy. Uh, Tyler Buckner. Yes, I'm so proud of you. Um, and I've got two more now. Yeah, they've not started. Oh, who's that kid that uh, was committed to USC with Jackson Dart? Both of them are playing behind guys who transferred in and start are starting. What's that kid's name? That was he's was higher rated, I think, actually, than Jack, is it, Jack is Garcia, it Miller Moss. He? Yeah, Miller Moss. Yes. <laughs> yep. And then am I? Who am I forgetting? Garrett I've got Nussmeyer. one more. Garrett Nussmeyer. Jalen Milrose not on that list. Uh, I think he dropped out of the top. I don't think he's uh, – yeah, Milrow ended up being – He was definitely a top 100 player. 
I think you did I'm, bad research. I, 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 I'm an idiot. I this is just a poor job by me. Milrow and he has started. And, the, and and then also Preston Stone. I think he was outside of the top. Yeah, one eleven, one eleven. So you know what? I guess I say, defeated you today. This is like well, how many shows? And we've nine show would have been for, correct. We've done the show about seventy times probably because it's been over yeah. a full year. I botched the trivia. You know, ninety. You know, I think it's a pretty good ratio. One, no, but maybe. I think I that was the you asked me a question that I think you knew I knew really well. So that was nice of you. Yeah. So real quick, gotta go. I've gotta go. We're, we're down to one car while Heather's cars in the shop. Gotta go pick her up. One Hyundai. Um, uh, Camry. Toronto Camry. No, uh, no, I got Hyundai. No, no, sorry, the Camry's in the shop. The what auto the body Hyundai? shop because it's a lot, lot of uh, Nick, a lot of bruises over the years from Zoe driving the car. Um, so. Class of 2022, the freshmen, none of them, none, none of the top 100 guys have started. Klubnik, Connor Wegman, Ty Simpson, Drew Aller, and Devin Brown. None of them have started. Three of them have played. Yeah. You know the highest rated 2022 quarterback to start a game? The highest rated 2022 quarterback. Did you just say their names? Nope. Uh, I have no idea, dude. AJ Swan. <laughs> not many have started not many true freshman quarterbacks have started so all right we said an hour i think it was a little bit longer than an hour but yeah that was a good show i thought yeah it's fun so cool. you gonna, you're okay. gonna, you gonna sign us off or thanks do uh getting a lot of feedback on twitter and, and in my emails about how much they enjoy stars matter mitch how about you yeah no we could i i enjoy the feel you 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 are such the bigger you know Twitter personality than me. I'm just just the just the I humble host here. But love uh, having I, a, a I enjoy the feedback. Like you. Uh, I do I enjoy the feedback. This has uh, uh, been another great show, and hope everybody enjoyed it. And I got a passion about a few things. I might have made a few of you punch your steering wheel. I apologize about that, but thanks for sticking with us. And in doing so, we will catch you guys next week. Mm-hmm.